all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Please turn with me to James chapter 1. We're going to be looking at verses 16 through 18 this morning. And a little heads up, because I know you, I hope you know where James is. We've been there for a while. Get a finger or paper or dog ear, your Bible, whatever, to Deuteronomy chapter 8. We'll be there in a little bit. Um, But James chapter 1, verses 16 through 18. Today is true faith understands the Father's goodness. Uh, We talked last week about temptation and how temptation mixed with our sin nature and desire and leads us down to a road uh, that ultimately ends in death. Today we're talking about the goodness of God um, and how God's goodness is actually going to lead us to life. Uh, That's where we're going today. So taking a look at even at verse 16, James says, Do not be deceived, my beloved. In other words, he's, he's warning us. We've talked about temptation, about evil. God has nothing to do with that, by the way. Uh, that's an excuse that we all use of, well, God, you know, put this in my life and I was tempted and now it's, you know, and now I'm stuck. And James was very clear. It's not God who tempted us, but instead God has nothing to do with evil or sin, but everything to do with good and goodness. Uh, so going on, let me read 16 to 18. It says, do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth, and that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. And the goodness of God, every single good gift and every perfect gift comes from God. Uh, that's everything. Now, take a minute. Think of the very best gift you've ever gotten. Ever. Hopefully, there's a lot to choose from, if not. Um, but think of Christmases, past, birthdays, your favorite thing. Um, when I was, it would have been second grade, for Christmas, I got a big wheel. Okay? Some of you kids, do they even have big wheels anymore? Have they missed out this generation? Maybe that's what's wrong. No, but big wheel, so big wheel is this plastic trike, really, but if you had the little uh, handbrake, you could slide out on the sidewalk, your driveway, whatever, but the day I got it, it was brand new, not dirty, no, no grit and all that stuff on the tires, I got to ride it in the house, yes, I mean, to this day, like, I can vividly remember cruising around the house, Uh, on this hot wheel or not hot wheel big wheel (laughs) i like hot wheels too so that was a great gift um another time when my buddies were getting into skateboarding mom and dad didn't have much money or some something i don't know why now but they had someone build me a homemade board skateboard but i did get to pick out the wheels and the trucks and all that stuff and and that was a fun gift that i vividly remember uh, but but so many things. Of course, the, the go-to greatest gift in my life, besides Christ Jesus as my Lord and Savior, is Carrie. Carrie, I love you. I know you're watching. Um, we are actually celebrating our 30th anniversary on December 1st. 
two weeks, week and a half. I guess I better get that date down. Yes, there there are things in our life, there are people in our life. Um, I could not imagine being where I am without the support that Carrie gives. Um, all that she's going through, she is my warrior, uh, my safe place, my my person that I can go to with anything and everything. So I love you, babe. Um, hopefully you're watching this. So there are some amazing gifts that I've gotten, and I know there are amazing gifts and people in your life that you have received, but knowing that God is responsible for all good gifts and all perfect gifts, uh, that's an amazing thought, that anything and everything that is good in our life came from God. It has nothing to do with anyone else. Um, It is God and God alone. And because we have everything that we need from God, James is kind of using this versus temptation. So if we are getting everything that we have that's good from God, why in the world would we be tempted to go off in a different direction other than God's will? It doesn't make sense on paper, right? But I'm guilty of it. We're all guilty of it. Um, But even just having a little bit of the goodness of God is so much better than anything else this world offers. Let me read to you Psalm 84, verse 10. It says, For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. If the goodness of God is so great, then even a little bit is so much better than what the world will ever offer, uh, what this culture will ever offer, what anything um, outside of God's will for our life will offer. But that temptation is still there. But let's continue to talk about how amazing our God is. And every single gift, every single gift, um, creation, I love the gift of creation, observing the beaches and the mountains and the sunsets and the sunrises, anything and everything. That's part of the joy of, of bike riding is you're out, you're disconnected from things and you're out in God's creation. Uh, my sister-in-law, and I had a conversation a few years ago. She had someone tell her that sunsets weren't necessarily from God. You know, you watch a sunset, you're like, wow, thanks, God. Like, that's amazing. I needed that today. And someone had told her, you know what? It's just science. Like, God created the science, but it's just science. It's, you know, whatever it's light spectrum and, and the horizon and, and what's in the, the atmosphere is causing the you know, the cool shades of different color and whatever. And I'm like, are you serious? No way. Like, that was for me. God God gifted me that sunset. I needed that today. Thanks, God. Um, and I pray that we do that with everything that we're, we're observing in life. Uh, God's beautiful creation. And then there's the big ones. The big gifts from God. Grace, love, forgiveness, mercy. Um, all these things that God gives us. He is a great, all of those are perfect and all of those are good. And it's never ending. God continues to give. It's, it's not, you know, Lord, I accept you as my, as my savior. God gives us the gift of salvation, the Holy Spirit's at work, and then he's done with us till we're done. No, it is continual giving. Um, the, the phrase coming down, from the Father of Lights. The coming down is a present participle, which means continual. Always continuing to, God is always continuing to give. Lamentations 3, 22 and 23, and I'll read this to you as well. 
says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. I don't know about you, but I'm glad I get a fresh dose every day um, from God multiple times throughout the day. Um, Great is your faithfulness. So here's God that loves us so much. He is continuing to give good things and perfect things. Now, this includes everything, right? I've kind of hit that pretty, pretty solid. If we go back to the beginning of James chapter 1, God uses trials and tests for, for, to grow our faith, for us to, to understand who he is, for our faith to grow. So all the good that God gives includes the trials and the tests. Um, he, it includes the times that we are going through a situation that God is using for him to grow our faith. Now, that's not nice to say, is it? I don't think a lot of the trials in our life are thinking, wow, God is good. Thanks, God. But we really need to. That's really, truly what he has used it for. And we take this situation out. It was amazing to be back at 830 for service and a little touch of Sunday school uh, a little bit feeling more like normal, but this coronavirus thing is ridiculous, right? Do we all agree? Like, I'm so done with this thing. But can we and should we and ought we find the good in this situation? Has God not brought the, or allowed this situation to happen for us to grow in our faith, for, us, for our church to continue to seek him no matter what the situation Shouldn't we be pursuing the good of this situation and finding out, God, where do you want us to go from here? That's the attitude that we need to have in any situation. Now, is it easy? No. Do I do it successfully? Absolutely not. But that's the goodness of God, that even in the trials, even in the tough times, God is growing our faith. So somehow we just need to say, thanks, God, for whatever is going on. And I know that's not easy, but should we look for ways that God desires to help us, to teach us, and to ultimately do us good through this season that you're going through? It might not, it might be more than this coronavirus. Whatever situation you're going through, God will use it to grow your faith for you to rely on him more and for you to continue to see his goodness. So enough of the depressing trial stuff. What about the really great stuff? What about the times that life just, you feel like the blessings are abundant, things are perfect, things are great? Now, I don't know if you're like me, but when those times happen, my prayer life kind of drops off a little bit. Have you noticed that? Because I pray better when things are tough, because I know I can go to God. But sometimes we get a little, I don't know, lackadaisical in our prayer life when things are phenomenal, because everything is going great, right? So go with me to Deuteronomy 8. We're going to read verses 7 through 18. And here's the people of Israel who Moses is warning about this exact scenario. That he's saying God is going to bring us into a land that is plentiful. But beware, because sometimes we can get our eyes off of God. So read with me Deuteronomy 8, 7 through 18. It says, for the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks, of water, of fountains and springs, flowing out in the valleys and hills, 
a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates. I don't know if I like pomegranates or not. Um, a land of olive trees and honey, a land in which you will eat bread with, without scarcity, in which you will lack nothing. Now, this sounds like amazing, an amazing place, does it not? A land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills you can dig copper. And you shall eat and be full, and you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Take care lest you forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments and his rules and his statutes which I command you today. Lest when you, you have eaten and are full and have built good houses and live in them, and when your herds and flocks multiply, your silver and gold is multiplied, and all that you have is multiplied, like things are getting really, really good, then your heart be lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt." Out of the house of slavery, who led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with its fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty ground where there was no water, who brought you water out of the flinty rock, who fed you in the wilderness with manna that your fathers did not know, that he might humble you and test you and to, and do you good in the end. There's that testing and goodness of God again. Beware lest you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand have gotten me this wealth. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, and that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your fathers as it is this day. So now here's the flip side. Life's great. God's goodness is everywhere. But then sometimes it's, it's we just soak it up and we aren't relying and thinking about God and thanking God. When's the last time we had a prayer time and we have this big list of things that are going wrong. Do we have an equal list of the things going right? Are we thanking God enough for the good things in our life? For the relationships? For the, the wives? The husbands? The family? Are we thanking God enough in our time of worship? Instead of, God, help me with this, please. He's so much more than the problem solver. He is our God that gives us good and great and perfect things. And we need to th to remember all that he has given us. So coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Now we're getting to some really, really good stuff. We've talked about some amazing things God has given us. But the greatest is coming. The Father of lights, God, is the creator of lights. He created the sun, he created the stars, the moon to reflect the, the light from the sun. And so James is using this image of here's God that has created light, but beware that that, that light changes. As the sun moves across the sky, that's where the sundials come in, right? You have the shadow that moves to give you the time of day. Uh, so shadows change, times change, it, things are varied, and... There is no variation with God. Uh, there is no light bulb that's going to burn out. There is no dimmer switch with God. He is all in and all the time. And by the way, he didn't just create light. He is light. And in him, there is no darkness. First John 1, 5 is that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. So James is saying, God, this is, this is the important part of the consistency of who God is in his goodness. But in his light, there is no variation. He is, he doesn't change. And now we're talking about the immutability of God. That 
immutable God, the attribute of God, is he does not change. He doesn't change who he is. He doesn't change his attributes. He can't change. We talked about the holiness of God a week or two ago. He can't change for the worse because he is holy. God can't even get better because he is already perfect. So this is who God is. He is consistent. He is light. There is no variation. His goodness abounds and never is never changing. And who he is is never changing and does not alter, does not, does not go away. He is who he is. And God is always God. And sometimes it's hard to see that. If we take the sun, the sun is pretty much consistent. It does move across the sky. But there are times, and it's sunny today, uh, so we don't have clouds or storms or whatever blocking the sunlight. But how many times in our own life do we get frustrated in a situation? We're like, God, I don't even see you. You know, where are you? Well, guess what? He's there. Okay? Just because we are blocked by whatever situation and life is overwhelming and there's so much that just seems to, to get in our way of our relationship with God, we're in, he's not the one that moved. He didn't change. He did not dim his light and, and move his light away from our lives. It's us. Um, and so we need to hold on to that and remember that. And then verse 18, the best part, um, is, is this goodness that God brings us ultimately is life. And this is life eternal. Verse 18 says, Of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. The greatest gift that God gives us is salvation, is the gift of his son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross. His shed blood covered our sins. And in that relationship with Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we have access to God the Father by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so in that, we have eternal life. God gives us life in that. And it's his will, by the way. God wasn't, doesn't, isn't influenced by outside motives, isn't influenced by any outside source. It was God's will that we were brought forth by the word of truth. Ephesians 1, 11 and 12, and let me read this. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first hope in Christ might be the praise of his glory. It's to, to his glory that we are saved. It's to his glory that when we come to him with nothing, which, by the way, again, here's God that it's his will because we bring nothing to the table for our salvation, do we not? We All we have is sin. We have brokenness. We bring nothing to the table in asking God for our salvation. It is all him. It is God and God alone. And when we submit to God as, as Savior and accepting Christ as our Lord and Savior, that it's his will that allows us to be born again. Uh, to, to brought, brought us forth is that picture of birth, of being born again, the phrase of being born again, being saved, and having Christ Jesus as our, as our Savior, a new life in him, uh, because of God's will being brought forth by the word of truth. And that's the gospel. And what an amazing message the gospel is of Christ Jesus crucified for our sins, raised again, 
for us to have sin and death conquered in our life and be brought back into a right relationship with God. That's the gospel. That's the word of truth. And by the way, we have the awesome opportunity to share that word with others. Um, There's a lost world who desperately needs Christ Jesus, who desperately needs a God who is good in their life. And we have that gospel message to be able to share with those around us and those who desperately need him. And I love this picture of another reminder of how much God loves us. Uh, This mentioning of the first fruits of his creatures. Uh, Back in the Old Testament, when you brought your your first fruits, you brought the the best and first of your harvest, you brought the very best. Um, And here's a reminder of how much God loves us. That he's allowed us to accept and, and to have a relationship with him because we are made in his image. And because he's given us the opportunity to be heirs with Jesus Christ and become the sons and daughters of God. What an amazing God that loves us, who is good, who continues to, to give us good things, to bless us. Uh, and I pray that as we continue through even the rest of today, to not only thank God and pray for God and pray for wisdom through problems and situations and trials, but also thank him. Uh, Thanksgiving's coming up. We kind of focus on that time, but it really should be a part of what we do in our prayer life each and every day of thanking God for who he is. But what a message that we have to be able to share in that goodness that we've received, that we can share the goodness with others and allow them to see Jesus in our life. So a reminder today, again, about how things that are going on, the temptations, the evil, the sin in our life, um, that God is not part of that. God is not tempting us. And instead, he is good. He is. He brings the great things in life. He brings us ultimately salvation. And knowing that we have a God that is wanting to be part of every single aspect of our life is one that adores us and loves us. So as we close in our time right now, I pray that God continues to speak to us, to show us around him, even just the simple beauty of creation, uh, that he is there, that he is good, and that he loves and adores us. Please pray with me. Father, I thank you for this time that you continue to do an amazing good work in our life, uh, our own life individually in our relationship with you. Father, in the life of our church, uh, that we continue to seek you through all the situation that's currently going on, that we look for the good and we look for the ways that we can share the love of Christ with others around us. Father, I thank you for this opportunity that you've given us, that you truly are glorified in all that we do and say. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. As we're going into our time of of, uh, our closing song for invitation, we're going to have Kevin over here and Dave over here Our new invitation set up uh, to kind of protect each other from for social distancing and all of that. So if there's a decision that you'd like to make today, if the Holy Spirit's moving, um, we will have these gentlemen over on the side to receive you uh, during this closing time.